Another producer's recap. Here we are. Thanks for joining again, Dylan. Hey, Bradford. How are you doing today? Yeah, good. Busy day, but you know, as Do, it goes. Doing some post-production. Um, I, I often wonder what you know people know about the post-production process of like an episode and how we are interviewing and then cutting things together putting on graphics getting interviews up for them to listen to as quickly as we can it's uh you you were just telling me how you you might have a couple dishes in the sink right now because of an episode that had some technical <laughs> issues thank you for doing all that yeah, work things have things have backed a bit luckily we have some folks that help us out on the back end which is nice uh, mm -hmm. some graphics editing stuff like that but still got to do some stuff after each episode so mm -hmm. sometimes they pile up great so um i yesterday i just spoke with bandy lee you just listened to that interview um very interesting very what, interesting what did you think you know about what that i want i actually want to ask you what you have been thinking about since you had that interview i i, I have i have thoughts i do have thoughts but i want to i want to hear from you you were you were you were getting like drinking from the fire hose of psychology there yeah so yeah, very interesting. Bandy wrote a book, which basically, and there's the psychiatric associations of they can't say certain words publicly, but it's basically diagnosing for the lame person. Basically, she and others diagnosed Donald Trump as having like mental illnesses. She wrote a book about this. And I didn't honestly, so a little behind the scenes here, I didn't realize she wrote this book until after she'd already been booked and bandy if you're reading if you're listening to this not now you'll hear some of the inside deets but so i was worried it would be too partisan and i was very interested in the conversation of a, of a psychiatrist assessing the mental state of america but i wasn't as interested in like is donald trump mentally fit for office or not that's less interesting to me whereas that's a very big part of her work so I was kind of back and forth like, ah, should I actually do the interview or not? I don't know. And then I listened to one of her podcasts trying to prepare and figure it out. She actually has been booked and then canceled. She says 70 times, 70 plus times. It's happening all the time now. I'm like, oh gosh, well, okay, I can't do that. I'll just do it. So I told her in the beginning, I was like, Bandy, before we record, I, was, uh, I basically laid all this out and I was like, I really want to stay in the center and not focus on Donald Trump. Well, like the first question I ask, she's like, yeah, Donald Trump has like a mental disease or something like this. And I'm like, oh, oh, I don't know. I don't know how to stay in the center here. So I was constantly trying to get the, the more center, more outside perspective out of all of this. And it actually, I'm very curious what listeners are gonna think about this because I think some people aren't, aren't even gonna click on it and that's fair whatever but folks that do i think some folks might come in and get pretty triggered but you there's a lot of really cool information there like there's some really cool i really enjoyed what she said about doubt is that mm. if someone has a firm stance this is probably my biggest takeaway from the conversation if someone has a firm belief in anything and they're uninterested or unwilling to consider doubts that is one of the big characteristics of psychosis, which I thought was very fascinating because I would say both sides right now could be characterized as that. Mm. And so anyways, I'll, yeah, it was a I'll big takeaway like for me too. Put, yeah, it was very cool.
Yeah, no, well, I, pre- I appreciate cool, it. Interesting. <laughs> yeah, I, I appreciated that. You know, Bandy was genuinely <clears throat> herself. Like, I think, I think if you I if think you listen to her, I, I think if you listen to her, um, you know, I think she she definitely would would have some personal political beliefs, and and that's fine. Different people on our show mm-hmm. do. Um, but yeah, the, the the conversation about mental illness and 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 I think depending upon where you where we all uh, land in terms of our own way of interacting with society and how we we view things, even even politically, I think some people fall more on an individual responsibility spectrum, you know, some more on the corporate responsibility, um, and 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 even the idea of talking about societal mental states or societal mental illness might even feel. I know I'm not like completely comfortable with that yet i'm also i have some some like attraction to it because it it actually makes sense we do get into groups and we do start to you know there are there is um we do process things sometimes as groups and we do get into like there is i don't know what the psychological you know words would be for it but it it makes sense to me you can see it uh, you can see it happening in the world so um so I, I was listening with fascination and and uh, and uh, the same quote that you mentioned jumped out at me um, immediately. That idea of a healthy mind when asked the question, like, you know, on a personal level, you know, a, a patient when asked, like, do you think you might have like you might be wrong about this or you might have your take on reality might be wrong? The healthy mind will will stop for a second, you know, and, and actually be able to consider that. Um, because that 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 isn't in, like a that isn't a question that's going to possibly crumble your whole universe. If mm-hmm. you're healthy, you can look, you can think about that and maybe come out with no or or maybe yes. Maybe some things are bothering me and I'm not doing so well. But um, yeah, that was fascinating to think of. The more polarized we get, the more unwilling to talk to somebody else with a different point of view we become and the more you know a hundred percent like no what i believe right now has to be has to be a hundred percent like express and explain what reality is that kind of belief is um she pointed out that's actually where emotions are driving facts like your emotional need Mm -hmm. to feel secure is actually driving your view of reality and the emotional need to be right is actually more important becomes more important than reality because it is you know, for the mind, it's an existential crisis of like, who am I or whatever. It's like really interesting. I, I just w- I wanted to add one thing to like, this is something I think I have thought about for quite a bit. And I thought I wanted to bring it up with you, Bradford. We, we haven't talked about this. One of the things that I've heard about emotional memory is that there's a lot of things we forget very, very quickly. But one thing that actually huh. sticks with us sticks with us very easily is the experience of being scorned or being disdained like that. Huh. The emotional experience of like if you've ever had that personally, like if you think about it, that, you know, that moment where you try to interact with somebody and they just like disdained you, you know, couldn't. And that yeah. and 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 um, and I, I, I remember being introduced to that idea and then thinking like, wow, how much, how much of our society, like uh, how much of our experience revolves around, um, like reactions to being disdained that, that, that experience of being just like kind of seen as a deplorable or seen as a bleeding heart liberal or just like a, a label or something being attached to us. And like, you're not even considerable. Like when we talk, we can't even, I can't even consider you as a, I just have to kind of wholesale 
throw you in the bucket of disdain. Um, and the point of what the, the person I heard talking about this, their point they were making was that we're kind of in this cycle where the more disdain you feel, um, it really, it becomes that um, can be like this primary emotional memory of who other people are, you know, like other groups are. And when you're disdained, it's like the, the instinct to disdain back, like to, to diminish the, the humanity and the person of other people as like kind of a reaction to that instead of kind of just working through what, like how much that hurts to be, um, mm-hmm. you know, just tossed aside like that. It's, um, it's, I think just think about our, uh, society as people interact, like even on, on issues, like I think about how we choose to interact on touchy issues these days. We, I'll mention a few hot button top like topics. I can't, I can't, I can't remember the last time there was actual meaningful engagement with people, let's say between the right and the left that have different opinions about like abortion, it would be one, uh, climate change. Like there's, it's very, there, there, there's, there's certain techniques that, that are very consistent where, where, Mm -hmm. you know, on either side where I, I can see, and I'm not talking about these issues specifically on like a, there's details that need to be discussed, but generally there's ways that each side just shuts down the conversation and is just like we don't talk yeah, about that like you're just a like we just disdain you for having a different view we won't even kind of give the first foot of room like we won't even give a first step into that there is a conversation to be had we just <clears throat> you're just kind of de- like messed up for thinking differently and we don't talk with you about that and i just wonder about some of the inability to have conversations uh, how that breeds mm-hmm. in, in a sense, like pushing people apart as they remember that emotional memory of being just disdained. And anyways, that's my rant. No, it's actually, so it's actually very funny. Um, the older you get, you tend to have less of those instances and they tend to be as, as a kid. I don't know if we can all remember. I certainly can of being young. You do something stupid, do something silly, maybe do something mean. And another kid or a parent like scolds you and it's like the world's crumbling suddenly. And it's this like horrible feeling. And the older you get, you have less and less of those. Um, It's actually really funny because in fact, yesterday I went to the gun range here and I brought a friend. So he was my guest, which is like this official thing. And you Mm -hmm. felt this paperwork the right way. So I brought my guest. I had him like slip his 10 bucks in a little envelope. I gave it to him and I was like, fill out your info and then drop it in the box. He does that. We go in, we're not even done unloading our stuff in on the benches yet. And in comes the caretaker. And I'd, I'd never actually seen him, but I've been warned about him multiple times. Um, and he comes right up. He's like, who's the, who's the member here? And I'm like, that's me. And my guest had not put the city down in his um so anyways i got this like serious scolding like i was a child oh no and it it of course like doesn't feel very good in the moment because it wasn't on a very professional basis it was it was it was like a child you know stop pooping in your pants kind of (laughs) oh no um (laughs) i had done bad so um you know it's very interesting i've actually been thinking about that the last you know, half day since this instance of, man, that's like, 
I'm 34 years old and yet I can still feel this like this feeling even if I I know I made a mistake I know I should have done it properly and I didn't and so in one part it's like you may have misstepped and and, and, I, and in this case I did and that's fine but the other case you're like oh, I still feel weird because I had this interaction <clears throat> and mm. that is so true what you say like you know I will never forget that <laughs> which is funny because it was kind of this small interaction doesn't mean anything and yet it's going to be with me and I definitely am going to double check other guests filling out those forms going forward and it's funny you mentioned just like that experience and specifically with guns because I, I work in film often which you know has a uh, I would say generally especially where I work uh, often in Vancouver it's I would say there's like most people would say if you mentioned guns, they'd be like, I'm not comfortable with guns at all. And I remember coming into yeah, work one very day. Very liberal on the West yeah, Coast. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know? And so I remember coming into to work one day and people were saying, what did you do on the weekend? And I was like, yeah, my friend who's got a bunch of hunting rifles. We went into the woods. We shot a bunch of targets. We like blew some stuff up. It was awesome. And I just like the look on some people's faces of like, not knowing how to handle like because because they knew me personally it wasn't i wasn't just an abstract kind of character out there and they had to interact with like oh uh dylan (laughs) who we usually like is mentioning like guns which we're really uncomfortable with and it was an interesting like kind of meeting of uh because i you know i i would maybe do that once once a year but i also have no like qualms about shooting some targets and having fun and blowing some blowing some stuff up this is before fire season or any of that kind of risk just everybody's aware of that because i wouldn't (laughs) do that but you know like it's that it's actually there's these there are these topics that um they 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 can have some very quick quick uh Mm -hmm. snap decisions about people and and you know that they're a a little bit more complicated than just like guns or uh, scary and people that might want to go shoot guns are uh, messed up and you know what's wrong with them <laughs> well yeah it, well it's very funny because that is really getting to what we're talking about here of these sides and someone has to fit into one side or the other and you kind of people go in a situation of like they hear about the gun or whatever and they want to know like oh you are you one of those crazy, like, whatevers? Right. Are you and, Are you stocking guns in your house? Bradford, how many do you got? Do you have a... <laughs> well, no, like, like from, from a political perspective, you're right. like, are you, did you basically like, did you vote for Trump? And people make these wild connections super suddenly. And that's the world we live in is that we almost have to put someone in a box right away. And then if they're there they're part of this caricature that I've built that probably isn't even accurate anyways. Um, And just one more gun story. It's very funny. I had, I brought my rifle over to a buddy's house the other day because he's a, um, he's a designer. He like built, he uh, makes bags and gear and stuff. It's like his, it's what he does. So he was going to make a cover so that the rifles protected from the elements when I'm out hunting. I'm like an avid hunter. And I thought it'd be cool to do a meat trade. I give him some meat. He makes this for me. And it was late on the table. He's doing some measurements and his roommate walks in and he goes, oh, is that, is that a real, like a real gun? <laughs> I never even thought that could be someone's reaction before. He's like, is that, 
is that like a real gun? <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's, it's a gun. I don't know why there'd be a fake gun on the kitchen table. <laughs> <laughs> almost, almost a, more like uh, questionable. Like, why do you have a perfect replica of a, that's almost yeah. more. So, so that just gets into the, the nature of we can be in these, these insulated environments where this person had perhaps never even seen a gun before. And, and that's fine, whatever. But it just, it's just really drives from the point that we're in these echo chambers physically, geographically, culturally, socially on the internet. And when we come in contact with something that is different, we almost feel like we have to characterize it really quickly mm. and put it put it somewhere. Right, going back to so that, that I know idea how of to the interact. doubt, like being able to have that, yeah. like, oh, I, th I I believe something maybe about guns. I have I certainly have some beliefs about ab about whatever policy on on lots of different things. But the inability to stop for a second and ask a question like, oh, why would you own a, a gun? Why would you want you know? Why would you be in favor of a certain uh, way of interacting or you know it, it's like that that ability to have a question in your mind to like hey we could we could actually bring it bring in some doubt here to like mm -hmm. let like push against my my kind of belief that just pops right to the surface i have one thing yeah. i wanted to say before we close i know we're we're at time um it's just about about leadership bandy talks quite a bit about leadership and you know, kind of a connection between leadership and mental health, like a, mm -hmm. a collective mental health. And, and something that I think um, personally look for a lot is this scorn or disdain like mechanism in leaders. When I see a leader who interacts with others who have different, perhaps they're, they're pushing against different viewpoints. It's one thing to disagree and kind of strongly disagree and even say maybe, what I think you believe is stupid. I think there's like, a, there's a place for that to some extent, you know, in, t in terms of like truly disagreeing. But when, when I see leaders play on the, the, the scorn or uh, that, that instinct in, in themselves or their followers, uh, like it always triggers for me a little bit of like, where has this person been hurt before? Like, where were they scorned? Mm. And how would that emotional memory keep them from being able to see reality clearly? kind of you know that if we're going back to that psychosis thing of like the emotional needs of the individual start to overpower how they see the world yeah and and i always look at that and go like i wonder if this leader whether it's corporate or you know in a social circle or political like i wonder where they're being scorned personally in the past or hurt like that is going to cause them not to be able to like see things clearly and therefore kind of just keep this cycle going of scorning and kind yeah. of being, you know, more and more driven apart. Yeah. Very interesting. <clears throat> we got to wrap it up, but yep. we could, we could dive into that even further for sure. So well, Dylan, thank, thanks for the discussion today and we'll do this again next week. Sounds great. Bye Bradford. <laughs>